Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Well, I got a word. You ready to hear it? So if you got your Bible, who has your Bibles? Let me see them if you got them. Come on. See, you know the saved folks. They come to the park with a Bible. Come on, somebody. I love that. Um, we got our Bibles out. We going to John. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John 21, verses 4 through 7. We're in this season called Heart for the House. And my wife said it so clearly, man. This Heart for the House season is a harvest season. And man, we're working so that we can get a building, a permanent location, so that we can continue to do this great work in the city of Miramar. But I don't want that to be the only harvest. If, if the only harvest this church gets is a building, we've missed it. I don't want a harvest of bricks and mortar. I want a harvest of souls for the kingdom of God. Amen? The Mission of Cool Church, if you don't know, if this is your first time, I want you to know that we are here to build strong families to build strong futures. But no family is more important to me than God's family. Amen? You see, we call ourselves cool. If you didn't know, cool stands for created out of love. You say, how do I know that? Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're not just created out of love. We're created by love. For God is love. But here's the best part. What's the point of loving God if you don't love your fellow man? We're created for love. We got to love one another. Amen? And today, I hope that ever since you walked under this tent or came into this park, you've been feeling the love from each and every person that calls this house a home. But in this heart for the house season, like I said, I don't want just a harvest of brick and mortar. I want to harvest the souls for the kingdom. I want to continue to grow it. So I have a message for you today out of John chapter 21, verses 4 through 17. They read something like this. It says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize it was Jesus. Wow. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Isn't it funny that the disciples were fishermen, but they never caught fish? Like they were the worst fishermen of all time. It says, called out to them, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, I love that because John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. And John is the one that wrote this book. So when John says that, he's saying that about himself. Isn't that funny? I'm the one that Jesus loved the most. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter it is the Lord as soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord he wrapped his, his outer garments around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water the other disciples followed in the boat towing a net full of fish for they were not far from the shore about a hundred yards when they landed they saw fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread Jesus said to them Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said, 
come and have some breakfast. I love that. It says, um, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know, you know all things and you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. If you're taking notes on this next part, of this Heart for the House sermon series, I've entitled it this, Warm, W-A-R-M, Warm. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this day, for this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, God. I thank you for each and every person that came out today. God, maybe they came out to trick-or-treat in a safe environment. Maybe they just came out to be around some people. Maybe they came out because they heard an advertisement on the radio. But God, I know that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every human that was going to be here today. And God, you have something special for everybody that showed up. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears are open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray that I lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray on a season where everybody is thinking about all kinds of nonsense, God, we would focus on you because you are the reason for every season, because you are the Lord of the harvest. I declare these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, everyone said, Somebody give Jesus a five-second shout of praise. Come on. I promise to be quick. It's hot out here, and I'm hotter than you because the sun is right in my face. How many of y'all thankful for a tent? Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, I've heard people say all kinds of stuff to me as a pastor, especially as it pertains to the attitude and the nature and the culture of our church. People have come to cool church for the first time. And they'll say things to me like, man, I walked in and I just, I just felt so like calm when I walked into cool church. Or man, I walked into your church and man, like everybody was just so cool. Like people were so nice. Like I walked into the church and man, even from the time I was in the parking lot, people were waving me in with big smiles. Then I got to the door, somebody said hi to me. Then I, I walked into the sanctuary, somebody hugged me, ushered me to my seat, and then I heard the message and came down to the altar. I felt love all the way from the parking lot to the pulpit. If you believe that, say amen. How many of y'all have experienced love since you've been at Cool Church? Just wave at me so I know I'm not making that up. People always tell me that. And they say that the folks that call themselves part of this cool family. Like they say, I know a lot of people talk about family, but I real, really feel like a family when I show up. And like I said, I know that this has been a, 
a heart for the house season, and we've been talking about seeds. We talked about the miracle seed the first week. We talked about planting our seed, and we talked about protecting our seed. But can I tell you that the greatest seed that you can sow in this season is the seed of salvation? More than you can give with your money, more than you can give with your time, you can give somebody the gospel. See, I always say this, you don't have to preach to preach. I think some people think they got to be me and know what I know and use this word the way that I use it in order to preach the gospel. But can I tell you the greatest gospel you can preach is with your life? The way you live says more about Jesus than the actual words that come out of your mouth. And cool church has always had core values, which my wife briefly talked about. Our first value being love, but the second is family. When you walk into this house, you should feel love, man. And you should feel, like this thing should feel every Sunday like a giant family reunion. As a matter of fact, I've seen people today that I haven't seen since the pandemic started, and I'm thankful because I know that we've created a safe space for them to come and reunite with their family. I love Cool Church for that. And oftentimes, we tell people, man, we want to build strong families. Man, we want to harvest in the kingdom, man. You got to tell people about Jesus. We tell people they got to go out and on the highways and byways and tell people about Jesus, but we don't tell them how to do it. So many people feel very ill-equipped as it pertains to spreading the gospel. I want you to know, you don't have to know every verse in the Bible I want you to know, you don't have to pray on your knees 24 hours a day, although both of those things are really good. The greatest way for you to preach the gospel is with your life. See, the culture of Cool Church is love and family. And because it is love and it is family, we have a culture in our house, and the servant leaders of the dream team, they would already know this. We have a culture of being warm, warm to every person that comes up. Now, I know you must be thinking, warm, what is that about? Well, warm is an acronym that, that we made up, and it's, it's part of who we are. When you come in, you should always feel warm in our house because warm stands for welcomed, affirm, relate, memorize. Welcome, affirm, relate, memorize. I'm going to say it one more time. Welcome, affirm, relate, memorized. You see, because Christians have not been warm to people when they come in from the outside, so many people have rejected the gospel. When they should come in God's house and feel warm, they get the cold shoulder. How many times have you invited your friend to church and you was just praying that it didn't get too weird for him? He's like, Lord, please don't let pastor be preaching on demons in hell today. Please, Lord. Please. Please don't let him cast anything out today. Please let this not be a Holy Ghost. We become ashamed of the Holy Ghost because we've made the Holy Ghost weird instead of welcoming. How many times... Have we become ashamed to invite people into God's house because the place where they should feel the most welcome, they feel the most rejected because they feel like they got to come into the house with all their stuff together when in actuality they need to come into the house without all their stuff all together so Jesus can put them back together.
If you're like, I ain't got my, hey, I'm going to come back to church when I get myself right. If you could get yourself right, what would you need Jesus for? You see, I think that Christians have done a bad job of making people feel welcome. I think that Christians have done a bad job at being warm. Instead of being warm, too many Christians aren't warm, they're weird. They're weird. And let me be honest. If you believe in Christianity, if you believe that Jesus Christ, that God wrapped himself in flesh, came to earth as a baby, grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. He got crucified on a cross, went into the ground, and three days later, he rose again like Michael Jordan, the jump man symbol, and ascended into the heavens. If you believe that, you're already weird. It's okay. It's okay to be weird. But man, you can believe in something as strange as the gospel and you can still come off like a normal person. Every interaction that you see, you know why people wanted to be around Jesus? Because he wasn't strange. He made people feel comfortable when they came around him, man. This was, I think there's stuff that people do in church, it makes me laugh so hard that I feel like if Jesus was watching them, he wouldn't even see, he'd never say that. Like, like everywhere you go, you blessed and highly favored? Like everywhere? Yes, I am. But if somebody doesn't understand the Christianese that I'm speaking, that is not how I will address them. For Paul says, I become all things to all men so that I might win what? Might win one. We have to learn how to navigate the spaces with people so that they feel welcome when they are around us. I'm going to teach you in four steps today how to be warm, but I'm not going to teach you how I would do it. I'm going to show you in the scriptures how Jesus himself was warm, and because he was warm, a church that started literally with 12 men is over two and a half billion people strong today because Jesus gave us the blueprint of how to be warm to people. Four quick things, and I promise you they'll go really quick. The first one is this, warm. We must welcome them. You got to welcome them. Like, I think we, we, like, we make this very complicated. But when you welcome somebody, be nice. Like, be friendly, man. Like, here's one, say hello. Like, a lot of times we go into places, like, like we, we act like we don't even see people. The, the folks at Cool Church know, like, even when I walk in in the morning, I try to make sure I say hello to every servant leader that I am passing because I don't want people to feel like I'm ignoring them. I say, hello. How you doing? Hope you're having a good day today. Be nice. Here's one. Smile. You ever seen angry Christians? They just angry wherever they go. Hmm, I'm blessed. Hmm. You, you blessed, but you're walking around with a screw face? Is that a Halloween costume or is that your normal face? Smile when people smile. I love what Jesus says in John 21, 4 through 5. It says early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Let me give you some context. This is after Jesus rose again. He had already appeared to the disciples Two other times, one time when doubting Thomas was like, man, you can't be Jesus. He says, hey, you put your hand right here in, this, in, 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 my, in my pure side. You put your hand right here. You must see and believe. Blessed are those that have not seen yet still believe. He says, wow, Lord, it really is you. This is the third time that Jesus has shown up 
to them. And the third time they see him, Jesus on the shore making breakfast. I love that. Jesus, he sees him early in the morning. He stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He calls out to them. He was being nice. He says, friends. Hey, friends. 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 Haven't you any fish? No, they answered. They did not recognize them, but he still addresses them as friends. Here's what Jesus does that's very practical that I think me and you need to adopt. Jesus is never scared high to, scared to say hi to people even when they don't recognize him. See, some of y'all only say hi to the people that know you. But you won't say hi to the people that don't know you. I don't know them, so I'm going to just keep them myself. Jesus walked and talked with these men for three years of their life, came back, showed himself twice. They still didn't recognize him. Do you think Jesus had the pride to say, well, if they don't recognize me, I ain't going to talk to them. Jesus said, I'm going to say what's up even when the people don't respond the way that I want them to. Like, I, 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 I empathize with Jesus because I'm that dude, right? I say hi to people in public. My, my, my wife laughs at me all the time. I say hi to people in public all the time. I'm like, hey. Oh, you was looking at him? Oh, my bad. Hi. I, just, I, walk, I walk around, I say hi to random people. I've even taught my daughter. I'm like, hey, man, just say what's up to everybody. Just say, hey, don't be rude. When you pass somebody, especially if you make eye contact, like the worst is when somebody looking you right in your eye and ain't going to say nothing. I'm like, I know you've seen me. I know. But I'm, I'm like, I'm always super embarrassed because I walk around like, hey, hi. The other day, I was in the mall with baby girl. We was on a daddy-daughter date. It was fun. We walked into one of those little, you know, those, those little teenage stores, got little trinkets and all kinds of stuff. So we walking in the store. We having a good time. And we laughing it up, key, key, keying. And then I see Baba. She like kind of hides behind me. I'm like, what, what's going on? She's like, Dad. I'm like, what? She's like, I know that girl. I know that girl from school. I'm like, so? Say what's up. Go say what's up. Dad. I'm like, what? She's like, say. I was like, just go say. I, I don't know if she knows me. You know her, don't you? Yeah. Just go say something. Like, don't be weird about it. Just, just go. But dad, I don't. I, oh, dad, she looked at me. I don't. I think she might know me, but I'm not sure. I'm like, Baba, just go say hello. And I, <laughs> and y'all can talk about my parenting skills if you want to. I was like, man, go say hello. Go, go say hello to the girl. I'll leave you. I'll leave you if you don't say hello. I'll leave you. I'll leave you right here. And I ran. I ran, I ran to the store. And then I'm hiding behind like one of the clothing racks like this. Like, she was so, she was so mad at me. She turned around and she walked over to the little girl. And she was like being all shy and stuff. She's like, hi. You know how little girls be saying hi now. They, they developed a little conversation. And they start talking. And I'm just embarrassing that. I'm like, you got this. You good. They talked for a little bit. She came back. I was like, well, did you make a new friend? It's like, yeah, we're, we're cool. You know, like. You know, well, you know, her people will call my people. Like, I was like, did, I was like, did, did it, did it kill you? No, it wasn't that bad. I said, now you know one more person in school that you didn't know before, right? Yeah, I said, was it the worst thing in the world that could happen? Nah, it was all right, Dad. I think so many of us look just like my child, like 
like, like it will not kill you to go out and say hello to somebody that you have never said hello to before. You don't know that person might be the person God is putting in your life that could end up being your greatest friend one day. But you got to take the time to say hello. I don't know about you. Cool church was never meant to be the church of us four and no more. I don't want a bunch of transfer growth from other people coming from other churches. I want brand new people that don't know the gospel, that have never heard that Jesus loves them, that have never been loved, that no one's ever been nice to, to come into the house, feel love, because we put forth the effort to make the connection. I'm not waiting on them to make the connection. I'm going to make the connection even if I got to put myself out there. Even if I got to embarrass myself, because if I'm embarrassed for the gospel, then that means that I'm being bold for Jesus. I don't want to be the person that is not welcoming to those when they come in. We need to stop being so focused on ourselves and start seeing others that people don't see. It's okay to say hello. Welcome people. But secondly, affirm them. Affirm them. What does that mean? Speak life to them. Encourage them. Support them. Make them feel better about their situation. Look at what John 21, 67 says. It says, he said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did this, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved uh, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Look at this. Jesus, what does he do? He says, hey, friends, throw your nets to the other side. Hey, friends, throw your nets to the other side. What happens? They catch more fish than they caught before. Jesus knew they were terrible fishermen, but he still helped them. He helps them. Jesus told them something that was helpful. He didn't tear them down. Every time I see y'all, y'all never catch fish. Y'all need to think of another profession because this ain't really working for you. Is that what Jesus did from the short? No, he said, hey, just throw your nest to the other side. He gave them some assistance. He supported them. And when he helped them, they realized who it was. How many of you know people will recognize you or recognize Jesus based by the way you help them? You can tell a tree by its fruit. Some people will only be able to recognize you as a Jesus follower if you're actually willing to help them and support them and encourage them in their time of need. People will recognize you by your kindness. People will recognize you by your love and they will acknowledge Jesus, when you are willing to support them and help them and affirm them in their situation, the easiest way to make friends is to help somebody. What does the Bible say? John 13, 35. But by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. Why do you think we built a church on love? Because it's the easiest way to connect with people. I don't want you to know me by my sermon. I want you to know me by my love. Know me by my love. You want to affirm people? Show them love. Encourage them. Support them. I love my neighbors. I love the, the, the neighborhood that I live in. You know how I met my neighbors? 
I helped them. I found my neighbors out in the street at some of the craziest times in their life. They just lost someone. Somebody was in the hospital, and I could see. Sometimes you could just look at somebody and tell something's wrong with them. See, when you're, when, you're tr when you're really trying to engage people, you'll have, the Holy Spirit will give you the discernment to know that something is wrong with somebody. Some of my neighbors, man, they walk around with their head down. I say, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm all right. See, when they say they're all right, they, when they say all right, they ain't all right. How you doing? I'm all right. And I start talking. Here's what I found out a long time ago. My, my dad always taught me this. He said, first time you meet somebody, and you talk to them, he said, let them do most of the talking. They'll tell you everything you need to know about them. They'll tell you everything that you need to know. And I got in these conversations with one neighbor in particular, and, and she, was, she was distraught because her dad's health was failing. And I said, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I am a pastor. Can I pray with you? Because I can't tell you what the doctors will do, and I don't know what they do, but the physician I know, man, he's the one that can handle and heal everything. He is the great physician. I don't know if you really believe this stuff, but can I, can I just pray with you? And, man, I remember right there in the middle of the street, me and my wife, we grabbed her, and we just started praying. I think Baba was even with us, too, man, and we all just began to pray with our neighbor. Can I tell you after that, for the last six years, we have been the greatest friends ever since. She always bringing stuff to our house. She always checking up on us. We always checking up on her. How did it happen? Because she knew who we were by our love. We affirmed her. We encouraged her when nobody else was there. If believers would show people the love of Christ and affirm them and encourage them in their deepest, darkest situations, then they will be more inclined to love the Jesus that we love because they see how he is active in our lives. If you believe it, say amen. We look out for each other now. And we can always lean on each other for support. And you say, man, that's too much, man. I can't just be going out and praying in public. Okay, well, you can always encourage somebody the first time you meet them. Like, I think some of y'all think you got to give a scripture every time you meet somebody. No, like I said, be not, man. Those are some nice shoes you got on. Oh, really? Oh, mm, mm. People start walking different when you talk about their shoes. You ever notice that? Oh, man, you, mm, that, that gym really been working out for you, huh? You, now, now, they know they ain't been to the gym in 10 years, but, but they'll be like, oh, yes, it, like, they're like, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Say, when you see somebody, just say, just get, man, like, like, it costs you nothing to pay somebody a compliment. Give somebody a compliment when you meet them, man. That is a way to infer. Why do we gather here on a Sunday? Because part of it is to celebrate salvation, but two is to encourage. It is to affirm one another. If I can't get affirmation and encouragement from my dear brothers and sisters, who else can I get it from? We got to encourage one another. I love this. My iPad died, but thank God I got the message in my spirit. The thing said, it's too hot for you to even look on here anymore. We welcome, we affirm, we relate. We relate to them. You got to be able to connect with people where they are. Like sometimes I think, like I said, we say a lot of stuff that we're used to hearing in church, but it just does not connect with people on the ground level. You got to break things down, man. You got to be relatable to people. And I love what Jesus does, because look at verse 11. Simon Peter climbed aboard, dragged the net ashore, 
It's full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him who you are. They knew it was the Lord. Look at what Jesus does. First, they go to a position of not knowing them, knowing who he is, to knowing who he is. Why? Because one, he called them friend. Two, he affirmed them. He helped them by getting them fish. But then he tried to relate to them. You know how he tried to relate to them? Around a meal. Man, let me tell you something. Just, 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 just get... Food is the thing that you know. Listen, I don't care if you are red or yellow, black and white. We are precious in his sight. You might not agree with anybody on anything, but y'all can agree on some food. You tell for humans food going to be somewhere. They don't even care where it is. They're going to show up. Jesus said, hey, man, come eat with me. Come get some of this, this barbecue. I want to connect with you. I want to relate to you. I think as believers, we just got to do a better job at being more relatable. What is, how, how can you be more relatable to somebody? When you are relating to somebody, you are trying to find common ground. The common ground that I use most often, especially when I'm just out in public and I meet random people, you know what the first thing I look at on people is? Usually it's their shoes. I'm a sneakerhead. I can't even help it. So I always look, when I see somebody with cool shoes, I feel like it's the Holy Spirit saying, you need to talk to that person right now. I was like, yo, those are really fly. I love those, man. I got the same pair. And usually when I say that, you know what they do? They look at my shoes. And we begin to chat about the shoe culture. And once we began to chat about that, it opens up the door for other things. I don't know what it is for you, but you know things that you like. You know things that you have in common with others. When you meet somebody for the first time, you need to find some common ground to connect with them. You say, man, I wasn't raised how they were raised. So have a conversation with them. You might find some common ground in between. We from different cultures, so have a conversation with them. You might find beauty in their culture that you never experienced before. Man, we don't talk the same. We don't act the same. We don't even have the same faith. So talk to them. Gain an understanding of why they believe what they believe. Because here's the truth. If you're willing to listen to what they believe, they might be willing to listen to what you believe. Find common ground with people you gotta be relatable try to make connections with someone but finally and the band could come back up because in the words of the great theologian Nelly it's getting hot in here jeez <laughs> welcome affirm relate Memorize. Memorize. Why, why, why is that so important? Man, when you meet somebody, try to remember their name. Like, names, like, really matter. Try to remember their name. You are so awesome. This is why you need the app, because the sermon notes are on the app. So Yari just passed it to me, so I got notes to look at again. Thank you, Yari. Y'all better pull out that app right now. Remember people's Name. You say, why, why do names matter? Names matter because names help us understand who a specific individual is. I will give you an example. In my family, I love my dear parents, but they had all of their children, 
our initials are all T-A-W, including my father. My mother is the only different one. So my father is Trevor A. Wilson. My older brother is Trevor A. Wilson Jr. My sister is Tracy A. Wilson, and I am Terrence A. Anthony Wilson. All of us are T-A-W. So if my mom or my dad is ever in the house, and they say, hey, T, you gonna get at least four people saying, hey, what you want? Hey, because if you just say, hey, T, that is not enough of a distinction for us to know who is being spoken of. If I say, hey, you, does anybody know who I'm talking about right now? You don't know. But when I start to call you out by name, hey, Leo, he looked right up at me when I said that. Hey, Gio, locked in, because I know his name. Your name matters because when you say somebody's name, it means that you are specifically acknowledging the presence of an individual. It means that you're not just somebody in the crowd. There's specificity to the life that is being spoken over you in that moment. Hey, Joanne, my wife knows there is no other. When I say Joanne, I don't care how many Joannes in the crowd, my wife knows what Joanne I'm talking about. She's like, I better be the only Joanne that matters. You are, baby girl. I love you. Look at what Jesus does. Comes back from death on a cross. This is his third time that he's with his disciples. And I find three is significant because three in the Bible speaks to the number of completion. And it also speaks to new beginnings. It's so beautiful that it is the third time that Peter meets Jesus after the resurrection, and it is the third time in which Jesus calls his name. And he doesn't call his name one time. He calls his name how many times, y'all? Three times. Look at what John 21, 15 through 17 says. This is so beautiful. And somebody play some keys because this should sound super spiritual as I'm saying it. Thank you. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes. Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Third time, he said to them, Simon, son of John, says, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time. He says, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I find it interesting that Jesus he asked Peter if he loved him three times. And by the third time, Peter's just sad. You know why Peter's sad? Because he felt guilty. So why did he feel guilty? Because before Jesus was ever taken to the cross, 
Jesus prophesied about Peter. He said, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me in front of man three times. You see, I believe that Jesus had to call Peter by name three times to erase every time Peter denied him. This was the way that Jesus is reinstating Peter. Because can you imagine denying your Lord and Savior who you would live life with for three years, watching him die on a cross, thinking all hope is lost, and you did not, you literally act like you didn't know who he was? No, nah, man, I was never with him. Stop, stop talking about how I don't know that man. I was never close to him. Could you imagine the guilt that he had to feel after the resurrection? And he had already seen Jesus two times. And this had not been addressed until the third time. Because on the third time, Jesus knew. I'm about to complete this thing in Peter. On the third time, Jesus knew. I'm about to make sure he has a brand new beginning. On the third time, Jesus knew. I got to call him by name. Because I know who he is, but he has to know who he is in order to do what I've called him to do. Jesus said, I got to affirm him. He's not like the rest of the disciples. For he is the rock that I will build my church on. And I don't care how many times he's denied me. He's not too far. If he can just admit that he loves me, it will erase every time that he has ever denied me. I need somebody to understand that Jesus called Peter by name because he wanted him to know that there was no place that he could ever go that would be too far from his love. There is no amount of times that he could deny him to ever keep himself away from the love of Jesus. There is nothing that Peter could have done that could disqualify him from the love of Jesus. Jesus said his name to redeem all that he had previously given up. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but Jesus has not forgot about you. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, because he calls you, he loves you, and he knows you by name. Jesus is the God that knows you by name. For Jesus is the God that called Peter by name so that he could be the rock that he would build his church. Jesus is the God that called Zacchaeus by name and said, I'm coming to your house. And Zacchaeus said, I'm going to give back everything that I ever stole. Jesus is the God that calls Lazarus a dead man by name and brings him back to life. Jesus is the God that called Mary by name because she was the first one that he revealed himself to after the... He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope in the future. Ephesians 2.10, he says, you are my workmanship. You are my masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Jesus affirms you. He encourages you in love. But man, does he relate to you. You know how I know Jesus relates to you? 
Because he's the only God that was willing to be like you to understand you. For he wrapped himself in flesh, came down to this earth as a baby, lived 30 plus years, grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, and faced every single temptation that you would ever face yourself. You don't think Jesus has something in common with you? But man, Jesus not only memorized your name, but if you write your name on his heart, He'll make sure your, your name is in the Lamb's book of life for all of eternity because he loves you. He knows you. And I don't know where you are today, but he calls you by name. Forget what people told you. Don't, doesn't matter how messed up you've been. You, this story shows me you can deny him and he still knows who you are. You can run as far as you want from him he still knows your name. You can reject him as much as you want to. He still knows your name. You can deny him. You can abandon him. But he still knows your name. And with every head about and every eye closed, my call is simple. My call is clear. Jesus knows your name. But do you know his? Is it written on your heart? Is it written there forever and ever? Today, you can make the same decision that Peter made. Because some of y'all been hearing Jesus call your name this entire message. You know what he says? Feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. You see, Peter couldn't go on to be the great man that he was if he didn't first get redeemed by the God that knew his name. Some of you, the only thing that's holding you back from your purpose is redemption. Stop walking around with your head down because you know you've denied him in the past. Let me tell you something. I know somebody that denied Jesus in the past, and it wasn't Peter. It was Terrence Wilson, this dude that's standing before you. I've denied Jesus plenty of times, and today he has me preaching his gospel. Why? Because I love him, so I'm called to feed his sheep. I don't know where you are today. I don't know how many times you've run. I don't know what's keeping distance between you and God, but today you can love him. You can accept him because Christ, no matter how far you are, he knows your name. If you want Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you've been running for a real long time. Today, it's time to come home. It's time to get reinstated because there's a warm God that loves you and knows you by name. If you want Jesus Christ in your life, if you're watching in person or you're online right now on the count of three, forget what your neighbors are doing because they can't stand in your place in heaven. Only you can stand there because you know that Jesus' name is written on your heart. If you want the confidence to know that Jesus' name is written on your heart that it's memorized it's written on the tablet of your heart right now on the count of three wherever you are with nobody looking around i want you to raise your hand here you go one two three hold it up high enough and long enough for me to see it hold it up hold it up don't put it down i see you and 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 you i said all those yous because i want you to know that you're not alone if your hands up stand up don't be scared if your hands up, stand up. Come on. Come on. From young to old, if your hands up, stand up. You already did the hard part. If you're standing, come to this altar right now. Let me pray with you. Come on. Come on. From young to old. Come on. It doesn't matter. Come on. Come on. Come on. The Lord is in this place. Not for a minute. Come on. 
standing I love when youth make a decision I love when adults make a decision but I just want to make sure man because it's my job I want to make sure that there's a harvest of souls I love I love each and every person I see because we have no idea how many people they'll lead to Christ there's so much infinite potential of the beautiful souls that are up here but we're a family so you never have to do anything alone these souls are brave because they came down without anybody helping them out. But if you out there right now, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, man, hey, if you scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, I want you to grab them by the hand. I just want to make sure, I want to make sure everybody here, I just want to see a bunch of people in heaven. So I want to make sure right now, just look at your neighbor and say, hey, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If you're scared, I'll go with you. No worries. I don't make ego calls. I make altar calls. If it was one, that would be more than enough. I just want to make sure. Praise God. Five, four, three, two. Beautiful. If you're out there in the audience, reach your hands towards this altar right now. If you're down here, I want you to raise your hands up like this. You say, why? The Bible is a sign of surrender. Say, God, I'm giving it all to you. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you're saved. Confess with your mouth believe in your heart so it's not just about the words you say you got to believe it in here y'all got it kids y'all got it you got to believe it right here okay don't just say it with your mouth believe it right here that goes for y'all adults out there too don't just say it believe it if you're watching online don't just say it believe it everybody say this after me say dear jesus, dear jesus i've sinned i'm not proud of it but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it. I don't want it. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey. Hey, y'all, look at that sign right there. You see what it says? It says, welcome to the family. Okay? That means that y'all are all family. You got big bro T up here. You got big sis Joanne out there. You got a bunch of aunties, uncles, cousins, grandmas, grandpas, all out there that love y'all because we one big happy family in Jesus' name. Amen? So, we got a free gift that we want to give you. Okay, so parents, if your kids are up here, I want you to come with them because on the count of three, they're going to walk and follow my dear sis Katie over to the tent. We want to give them a gift. It has a Bible. We want to give you a Bible. Know all that fun stuff just for you because we love you. And if you have questions... They'll answer your questions. So on the count of three, guess what? Y'all gonna hear the biggest cheer in your life. And it's gonna be for you. 
all of heaven right now, I know you can't see it, but they're clapping. They're excited for you, all right? So we're going to show you what that sounds like. You ready? On the count of three, y'all clap, and then y'all walk that way. Here we go. One, two, three. Clap. Come on. Let them know. Let them know you love them. Let them know they made the right decision. Let them know God is for them. Come on. Yes, Lord. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.